This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. This is Case Closed. Our hour of old-time radio crime begins with Nightbeat this week. We'll hear the May 15th, 1950 episode titled The Night Watchman. After that, it's Broadway is my beat. And the Ricardo Miguel murder case. That episode aired October 27th, 1951. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. Stories start in many different ways. This one began in the darkness of the human mind and ended in raging flame. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Ever look at people as you pass them on the street and wonder what their lives are like, where they've been, where they're going, and what they'll do when they get there? Me, I'm a sucker for the guy who wears his heart on his sleeve with just the scars showing. Or a pair of eyes that look out of a soul eaten away by loneliness. The old lady eating her dinner alone in a booth for four. The lone drinker in a plushy bar who toasts his reflections in the mirror and wishes that he was too drunk to see it. Sometimes the busiest street in the city can be the lonesomest spot in the world. And tonight it had seemed like that as I drove through the dark city. I was well into the warehouse district when I saw a flash. It was like an explosion, only there was no noise, no sound, just this flash and then flames. It was a three-story warehouse, the old wooden type, and the flames worked fast. I started past to find a box to turn in the alarm, and I saw a man, and he was running into the fire. I stopped the car and took off after him. The only light in the building was from the fire, and the man was nowhere in sight. Hey, you! Here I was making like a regular stout-hearted Frank Merriwell. First one to a fire and no one to save. And then I heard him. Tony! Tony! I followed the sound of his voice. He was standing at the foot of some wooden steps yelling his head off. Tony! Hey, Tony! Hey, you! Hey, what are you doing? Come on, Pop. Huh? Let's watch it from outside. Let go of me. Now, come on, now, come on. Leave me alone. Let go of me. Hey, come back here, you fool. Go away. Leave me. Papa, you hurt? My leg. I hit him when I fell. Well, let's see if you can walk. I can walk if you'll help me. I'll go to you, mister. Yes, I figured you would. I half carried, half dragged the old man. The smoke was so strong that my lungs ached and I felt lightheaded. Outside, a crowd had gathered. A line of policemen were keeping them back out of the fireman's way. One cop came over to us. Hey, you guys, you work here? He came in after me. Who are you? I'm strong heart the second, only don't let it get around. How are you, Randy? How are you? The old man's leg hurt? is isn't broken, it's just banged up a bit. You guys stay put. I'll get the ambulance boys over here. Okay, we'll be here. I, I'm not saying. You stay where you are. I gotta get going. What's the rush, Bob? Any good reason why you shouldn't wait around? You mean, did I have anything to do with the fire? Well, did you? Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't have anything to do with it. Okay, okay, nobody's accusing you. What's it all about? Why did you run in there after the fire started? That's my business. 
Well, you're going to have to answer questions. You might as well start with me. Oh, get me out of here, mister. Get me home, and maybe I will. I led him through the crowd into my car. I followed his directions through the dark streets. He seemed to be looking for something. He leaned forward, watching in the lights of the car, turned his head to peer at everyone we passed. And all the time, he was silent. Finally, I broke the ice. Uh, maybe I'd better know who you are, hmm? Hey, I'm Ben Graham. Huh? You said you were going to talk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my son, Tony. Were you looking for him in the fire? Tony went there earlier. When, when I saw the fire start, I thought he might still be in there. And you ran in to find him? Uh, Tony used to work there. He used to? Yeah, he was a night watchman there and several other warehouses. You see, he's not like other people. I, I was afraid they'd see him there. Oh, uh, like... Oh, it's not what you think. He's not crazy. He's... Well, he stays inside himself, if you know what I mean. He... He don't like people. He sleeps in the daytime. He lives at night. What happens with the jobs? Does he quit? He was fired. Every time. Fired. Why? He thinks it's because of the cane. Well, he uses a cane? Yeah, but since he was a boy, he's touchy about it. One reason he doesn't like people... Ben, why do you think he started the fire? Oh, I didn't say that. I didn't say anything like that. No, you didn't have to. It shows. I don't know what to think. There have been several warehouse fires around here recently. Five. Less than a month. Yeah, yeah. Are they the ones where Tony worked? Some of them, but it's not only that. But what else, Ben? Why are you afraid Tony started those fires? Three out of five of them are man with a cane was seen coming out around the time of the fire, and it, i I, I got to find him. Have you asked him about the fires? Oh, I've tried it. We don't talk much. Oh, well, there's my place. Uh, it seems like we're strangers. When, when I mention fires, he slams out of the house. Well, I'll talk to him then when we find him. I mean, I talk to you, mister. He's, he's funny about that. Well, we'll see. Hmm? I'll go in, will you? No, no, don't. You, you wait here. Don't come up there. I'll, I'll bring him out to you. <laughs> Ben Graham staggered up the short walk to his little shed. What was he hiding? What was he afraid for me to see? I heard him open the door without a key. The light switched on. After a few seconds, switched off, but Graham didn't come out. I waited a few minutes and then made my way to the darkened house. There was no sound from the inside. I called as I felt for the door. Ben! There was no answer. I found the knob. Before I could turn it, the door was yanked open. You, I told you to wait. I told you to wait in the car. Well, I saw the light go out. When you didn't come back, I thought something was wrong. Come on, there's, there's nothing wrong. Get back into the car. Tony's not here. We got to find him, Ben. I know, before the police do. But where? Well, we'll try some of the warehouses. That's, that's where he hangs out. Which ones? Are they near here? Yeah, yeah, around. Well, then why don't we leave the car here and walk? No. Get in. What are you hiding, Ben? What do you want to get me away from? Wanted to find out or not? All right, all right. Where to? Block down and block over. Young and Wilson's warehouse. You seem to know a lot about these warehouses yourself. Oh, I've been working in the most of my life. That is, I, I used to. Uh -huh. This uh, Young and Wilson, is that where the next fire is supposed to take place? I hope not, mister. I hope not. That's it ahead. The building's dark. 
Now, the watchman's inside. Over here. You do know your way around. Here? What do you want? Tony here? Who wants him? Oh, you. Get away from that door. Don't come around here, Graham. Have you seen Tony? No, he's not here. Now get moving. What is all this? You're a stranger around here. You'd know. I'd know what? About Ben. He's a bad luck woman. Anywhere he goes, trouble starts. Somebody gets hurt or a fire breaks out. Once a watchman was killed. There's always accidents. It's him. What kind of superstition is that? Maybe a superstition to you, but not to us. All the watchmen know. Ask any of them. Now move on. Well, what's that all about? It's true what he says. Oh, coincidence. You'll call it any M you like. It happens. It can't help it. It just happens. That's why you're not working now? Oh, nobody will hire me. They, they all know. Sometimes they think of excuses, but mostly they like him. They, they run me off. Well, you could get some other kind of work. Oh, I've tried, but they ask me where I worked, and when they check, they find out they don't need me. I... Listen. Stand back. It's Ken. Tony? Soon see me. There's that corner. What are you doing with a gun? Keep out of the room. You're not going to... That's not a cane. That's a nightstick. Policeman. Hey, you! Over there! He won't find me here. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Now, what's the matter with old Screwball? With who? Ben Graham. Oh, you know him? Sure. Everyone around here knows him. I'd have a black cat cross my path and Ben. Why? Wherever there's trouble, you'll find him. See the fire tonight? Oh, yes. Why? I'll bet he was there. Every time there's a fire, someone swears Ben was there. Hey... Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it the watchman had said? Somebody gets hurt or a fire breaks out? What about the fires where a man with a cane was always seen and another man who nobody wanted around? But why did Ben run when he saw the police? Why was he carrying a gun? I decided I wanted to see the Graham Shack again. What was he hiding in that house? What was it he didn't want me to see? The little building was dark when I went up the walk. If either Tony or his father was there, he didn't want anyone to know about it. I knocked once before I turned the knob. I thought I heard a movement in the corner. Ben. Tony? Anybody here? I felt along the wall for a switch. It was a sound like the cry of a cat. Oh. What do you want? Please answer me. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I frightened you. I, I'm looking for Mr. Graham. My husband and my son. Uh, both of them. What is it? What's happened? Oh, nothing's happened. I just wanted to see them. There is something. I know there is. No, it's nothing, really. Now, why don't you lock the door when I leave so no more bad dreams can come in, huh? I can't lock the door. I can't move out of this bed. Oh, you're paralyzed. I didn't know. I, I'm... Sorry, I, I wouldn't have laughed. It's all right. I like to hear it. No one laughs here. Won't you sit down? No, I, I can't stay. I've got to find Ben or Tony. What have they done, mister? Oh, they haven't done anything. You're just like them. They won't tell me anything either. I lie here alone in the dark. Can't move. No one will tell me anything. Well, I just want to do... Give them a message. No, you didn't. Don't try to fool me. Nobody wants them. Either of them. I'm sorry I disturbed you, Mrs. Graham. Is there anything that I can do for you? You can talk to me. 
just talk to me. They don't talk, Ben and Tony. They're dark men, both of them. Why do you say no one wants them? Has there been uh, trouble? There's always been trouble. What are they into now? I don't know. I better go find them. Is it the fires? You know? I've guessed. It is. It is the fire. Don't upset yourself. Ben and Tony are all right. They won't tell me. They won't talk about the fire. I ask them and they won't answer. But I know. I tell you, they're all right. I just talked to your husband, to Ben. I, I thought he came here. They don't come here. All these years I've laid here alone. They don't come here but to sleep and to eat. Well, Ben was here a little while ago. He turned off the light and waited in the dark. What did he want? What was he waiting for? We, uh, we were looking for Tony. What has he done? I've got a right to know. I'm his mother. Well, Ben thinks that Tony started the fires. Tony? <laughs> Tony started the fires. <laughs> he did. He did. Tony started the fire. Back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. Yes, it was adding up, but it wasn't making sense. First, I drag a man out of a fire, a man who's carrying a gun. And now a frightened, paralyzed woman who wanted someone to listen. I could feel that tingling on the back of my neck as Martha Graham talked. She was terrified at the mention of fire. I sat in one of the chairs beside her bed and tried to calm her fear. She wanted to talk, and I couldn't stop her. Tony started the fire. It burned our house. That's, that's how I got like this. That's why Tony uses a cane. He was a little boy then. Tony loved matches. He liked to watch them burn. Oh, don't think about it now. I think about it all the time. Sometimes I dream about it. Everything burning all around me. My clothes on fire. And, and Tony in, in the corner screaming. I can see it over and over. Isn't it better if you don't talk about it, Mrs. Graham? Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. That's all I hear. I want to talk. It's better than lying here alone, not able to move. Now, don't excite yourself. Why don't you get some sleep? All right. If you'll stay, I'll talk about something else. Do you have any idea where Tony is? In one of the warehouses. That's where he always is. Well, I'd like to see him. Do you know which one? What time is it? Well, let me see. It's, uh, it's a little after two. Why? Then he's at the Holland Warehouse, about three blocks from here. It's where he goes at two. I don't understand. You mean he goes to different warehouses at certain times? Yeah, Tony makes a few dollars. The watchmen help him out. But he never talks to me. Well, it's hard for all of us to talk sometimes. You say Tony will be at the Holland Warehouse at two? Yeah. Tony tells me where he'll be. I don't worry if I know. And Ben, will he be there too? If he's looking for Tony, he will. Oh, thank you, thank you. I must be going. Will you do something for me, mister, before you go? Well, sure. What is it? Laugh for me. I just want to hear you laugh. Laugh, she says. She hits me between the eyes and tells me to laugh. 
I stayed with Martha Graham a little longer, promised her I'd come back, and I set out to find the Holland Warehouse. It was larger than the other buildings around it and stronger. It was made of cement and steel and it towered above its wooden neighbors by several stories. I tried the front door, no luck. I rang the bell, I waited. No one came. I tried beating on the door. That didn't do any good either. I started to turn away and then... Yeah, what do you want? Who are you? I'm the watchman here. I thought the watchman stayed inside. I just stepped around the corner for two o'clock coffee. Oh? Uh, don't worry. The place is guarded. There's a fellow inside. Who? Tony Graham? Yeah. You know him? Well, in a way. Is his father with him? Uh, that jinx. I wouldn't let him near the place. Oh, you too. Huh? Well, let's go in. I want to talk to Tony. About what? I'll tell him. Come on. Where's your light? Got a flash here. Tony! 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 That's funny. Well, it's a big building. He's probably on one of the other floors. Shouldn't be. We punch a time clock here. This is the time we're supposed to check in on this floor. Now, where is the clock? Over by the stairs. Lights are there, too. It's not like Tony not to be here. You mean you've left him here before? Sure, he... He helps a lot of the guards, kind of relieves them like. We all pay him a little. And that way he can have a job and his old man don't know it. Better with these lights. Well, there's your light and there's your clock, but no Tony. Can't understand it. Let's try upstairs. We'll take this freight elevator. Are you in all the aisles here at least once during the night? Uh, it'd be pretty hard to do with all those rows of boxes and crates. Hey, uh, you, uh, you don't think uh, something's happened to them, do you? I hope not. I don't think he's up here. I don't know where he is. Listen. Tony and Ben behind those boxes. They're coming. Well, I, I tell you, I didn't have anything to do with these fires. Well, you'd say that. I knew you'd say that. But I didn't. Why would I start these fires? Because you're a firebug, that's why. I'm not. You've told me that all my life, but I'm not. Ben. Who's that? What are you doing with that gun? Stone, are you following me? What are you doing up here, Tony? I came up here to punch the clock. He, he followed me up. Huh? He's going to kill me. This is the only way. Uh, there's always trouble where he is. I told you. Shut up. It's not my fault. Everything that happens. It's not my fault about my family either. Look at us. Me. Nobody give me a job and Martha. I know, Ben. I saw her. You know all about us, don't you? Oh, but Tony, there he is. A firebug. What's that? Fire! The building's on fire! You brought it, Ben Graham. I told you not to come here. I'm getting out. Another fire, Tony. I didn't start it. I've been up here with you. I know you started it just like the others. I didn't start him. Oh, listen to me, Pa. I didn't do it. You have no proof he started them. How many times did I stop you when you were a kid? You always like to play with the fire and watch things burn. All kids do. That doesn't prove I... In our house, you sat there on fire, too. Everything we had went up. We've never had anything since. Haven't I been punished for that fire? Look at me, haven't I? Yeah, but not for the others. You'll never do it again, never. Put that gun down, Ben. You can't do that. That's murder. He's got to be stopped. 
Get up, But not that way. What if he didn't do it? What if you're wrong? I can't be wrong. I know him. You don't know him at all. You don't even know what he's been doing at night. Oh, yes, I do. He goes from one warehouse to another. I've been following him. He's been in every one of those buildings just before they burned. Every one of them? You see, even you were beginning to believe. The fire bell has stopped. That means the watchman's turned in the alarm. It's automatic. The fire truck should be here soon. The sooner the better. Look at the smoke has started to seep in. Let's get out of here. Yeah. yeah you're not getting out of here, Tony. I can't let you. Listen, you can't do it, Ben. It's like a lynching. You can't be the judge and executioner, too. I can't take any more. A monster, the way she is, and Tony like this. You know what they'll do to him. And a silence. I couldn't stand that. It's better this way. <laughs> smoke, will you put that gun away, Ben? Tony, I didn't want to do it, but it's the only way. There's one other way. Stay away from me, I don't want to hurt you. Stay away. I'm not much of a target with the smoke. Stay away. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Give it to me. Grab the gun, Tony. I got it. All right, now, come on. Let it in now. Come on. I said come on. Tony, show us the way out. If I can, Mr. Stone. If I can. The room was full of smoke and the concrete floor was warm from the fire below. We worked our way to the elevator, but from the smoke and sparks growing up the shaft like a giant smokestack, we knew it was useless. The stairway. Then it stopped struggling. He wanted to live, too. We followed Tony by the sound of his cane. He stopped before he reached the steps. Flames outlined the square of the stairwell. Tony, take us to the fire escape. Where is it? The other side. Down this way. Ben was coughing and gasping for breath. Once he stumbled, nearly fell. For a second time in one night, I was helping him out of a fire. Through the smoke, we saw the light of the red exit sign. We leaned against the door and we found it open. A policeman was on the landing. I was coming after you. Watchman said you were here. He helped us down to the street and away from the building. You just took another one out. Over here, the fire bug. The fire bug? Oh, no. Ma. Ma, you're walking. Oh, no. Marty, it can't be. Who is she? The old man's wife. But she can't walk. She's paralyzed. What's it all about, Martha? My men and those warehouses. They acted like I was already dead. She was hurt in the fire a long time ago. Oh. You can walk better than me. Nobody will care. Oh, sure we do, my sure. Did you start those fires? Yes, I started them. That's what they did to me. And after I was hurt, they left me alone. They let me lie there alone. First I got so I could talk. But you wouldn't talk to me. I couldn't, Ma. Seeing you there like that and knowing it was my fault. Nobody came in. All those years, nobody. You can walk. Then I got so I could walk. When was that, Martha? About a year ago. First I thought I'd go out and see people. But I don't know anybody now. Why didn't you tell us? I was going to surprise you, Ben. But you didn't want me. You wouldn't stay around. Don't you see it was because it hurt us to see you like that? When you look at me, you'd look away. So at night, I'd follow you. You didn't even look around. Then I got to understand. You didn't want me. It was the warehouses you wanted. I was jealous of those warehouses. Just like they were people, and I hated them. Martha, no. Oh, no. So one night, I watched you both go into one of the buildings... And I was left outside alone, just like I'd been so many years. I wanted to kill it, to destroy it. Oh, Mom. When you came out, I went inside. There were some papers and things in the corner. I started a fire. 
And then I ran out. Tony, I, I thought then that Then I you... hid, and I watched, and fire trucks came, and people. <laughs> I had to laugh. I brought all those people. They came because of me. Yeah, yeah. You come with us, Mrs. Graham. You? Where? They'll take you to a hospital. There'll be people there. People? People? Will they talk to me? Will they talk to me? Why, sure, sure they'll talk to you, Martha. They'll talk to you. Some story, huh? Brother, sometimes the night is even deeper than we think. A moral, too... Well, it seems to me it sticks out all over the place. The Graham's loneliness proved about as deadly as poison. Even more deadly. At least poison kills quickly. But there's an answer to loneliness. And it's so simple it chokes you. Loneliness is a prison that separates you from the world. And you can escape from that prison in only one way. By freeing another. Hmm. Oh, yes, indeed. None but the lonely heart stone. Copy, boy. Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. When October dies and the river wind takes over, Broadway is arranged in clots of crowd and coldness. There's a new quality on Broadway, shrill, having to do with top coats and early darkness and frosty sounds. And twilight is brief, a darting ebb of light in the sudden autumn chill and hurry, hurry, hurry to this place or that, home, or to a hot dog stand, or to the neon that winks a promise. Hurry, kid, make a phone call, find somebody. It's night already. And it seems the night comes sooner in the tenement district, or somehow it never quite leaves, in the barrio, in Spanish Harlem. That's why the people gather together sooner and start their music earlier in a small nightclub like La Cantina, where I was, and Detective Gomez was, and the man who led us across the floor. Through here, senores. Down these steps. He's in the cellar. You were the one who found him? See, si, I went down here to my stopping to replenish the beer for my customers. He... Well, you will see. Is there any other entrance to this cellar than those steps we just came down? You will see, senor. Look, don't make a drama out of it, Luis. Just tell Take us... Take it easy, Gomez. There, and the beer cases stretched out, wet, dead. Now, tell us, Luis, how did it get in here? Perfume, senor. You see a window through which deliveries are made from the alley. Mirror, the window is broken through, so... Well, take a look in the alley, Gomez. Okay. You know who he is, Luis? See, si. He's Ricardo Miguel, the boy who lives near, the boy who works at the pastelaria, Arsenio Loca, uh, the bakery shop, 
Also not far. Stabbed. Four places that I can... Is the floor show, senor? Be gone. Yeah. It's sad you cannot take the time to see, senor. It is exciting. It is sad you have not the time. And beating against the cellar tomb containing a boy's death, the rhythmed clack of a woman's high heels, dancing in measured frenzy, to a nimble passion plucked from a guitar, to the percussion of men's applause, to the olays hoarsely whispered deep in the throat. The light bulb sways to it, the shadows dance, and the huddled boy shrieks his stillness. And into it after a while, Gomez with information. There were bloodstains in the alley outside. The boy had been knifed there, had fallen or was pushed through the cellar window. Leave Gomez to the official gathering of the dead. Walk a barrio street to the bakery of Senor Lorca. Try it. Find it closed. Then walk some more, scavenge the barrio night for scraps about the murdered boy, about Ricardo Miguel. And from an alley wall, moist with autumn's night mist, a form detaches itself, whispers into your ear that Ricardo loved a girl much. Reina Martinez lives alone in a room on 110th. Alone. Try her, senor. Go there to a numbered room in a tenement hall. Try Good to me. The night is good to me. I'm from the police. You bring yourself to the wrong door, senor police. Go skin your knuckles in another place. Yorena Martinez? The barrio woman spit my name at you because her man looked at me? Boy was stabbed, Ricardo Miguel, murdered. Because he loved Reina? Let's talk about it inside, Miss Martinez. In a little while, a boy comes for me. To buy me wine. To take me dancing. I have not combed my hair. I have not painted my mouth. Another time we will talk inside. Now, Miss Martinez. Tell me about Ricardo. I told what there is. He loved me. He was knifed in an alley. We found him in a cellar. Maybe you can tell me why something like that had happened to him. You will not mind if I make myself ready for the boy who comes for me, eh? I fix my hair for the flower he always brings for it. Ricardo Miguel, let's get back to him. Ay, pobrecito. Poor boy. Poor dead boy. You like my hair so? It won't matter at headquarters. Oh, <laughs> so impatient, senor police. All right, I tell you. Reina will tell you of Ricardo. Tell me. He worked with me at Lorca's pastelaria. He baked little cakes, little pastries. And in between, he spoke low, talking in my ear. Sometimes I listened. Often? When he bought for me little things, I listened. You know, jewelry, silk blouse. This that I wear now, he gave to me. I made a promise when he brought it to me. No, I cannot keep it. Pobrecito. Poor boy. That's all there is about Ricardo? He worked with you, loved you? And now he's dead. Sometimes he's the pattern in the barrio, senor police. Why should Ricardo be... Donald! Mono, little monkey. Who is he, Reina? Of the police, Mona. I have finished with him. You like Reina? How she looks for you? What does he want here? A boy was murdered with a knife. A boy who loved me. Ricardo, the pastries. What do you want with her, mister? What's Reina got to do with it? She just told you. When was he killed? Maybe three hours ago, more or less. Who are you? Donald Jordan. College boy with an alibi for Reina. 
Three hours ago and a sack full of hours before that, Rayner was with me. It took that long to show her the ducks in Central Park Lake. That's where you were, Miss Martinez? Then I told you. My mono told you. In other words, you're each other's alibi. Mm-hmm. Each other's. Come to Reina, Donald. Come on, little monkey. Ven. Ven aquí. Come on. Then watch him move toward her, stop. And the girl considering him, and the gesture, her hand sleeking her black hair before she went into his arms. And see a thing, her eyes open, looking over his shoulder and out into the night. Turning to the boy, smiling to him, kissing him, her hand smoothing her hair again, and her eyes watching me as I left. The next morning, back to the barrio, back to the front footage devoted to tenements and window watchers, and the people of the doorsteps and the chalk talk. Back to the place that had been closed the night before, the pastry shop of Senor Lorca. Buenas dias, senor. Good morning. I am sorry, senor. Sorry about what? This morning, my stock, it is uh, scarce. However... Because I... Ricardo didn't show up for... My baker Ricardo is muerte, dead. So for the next few days... I know. I... I'm from the police. See. Si? You know that Ricardo was murdered, don't you? Seguramente. Of course. Of his dying, I know all about. Oh? See, si. It has been told all around the barrio. I see. I need some information. I want you to help Seguramente. me. Seguramente. Why not? I want you to tell me all you can about Ricardo and about Reina. Of Ricardo, a boy who bakes pasteles, who lived alone and baked between the hours of nine and five. Excellently. Who I will miss. How come Reina isn't here this morning? I will ask her the identical question when she will come in. Was she here yesterday? Uh, for a time. Then a young man took her to look at ducks. Such a girl as she to look at ducks. Loco. If you would see her, you would... I've uh, seen her. But then you understand. Is there another such one as she, senor? I ask you this because in your profession you must go about the city and see women sometimes of exquisiteness. Yet I do not believe you have seen such a one as Reina. The face of her, the form... You are married, Lorca? In truth, senor, and because you are of the police who enjoy to listen to truth... I wait for Reina to grow up to enjoy me. Then I will be married. Quite a few men seem to be in love with her, Lorca. Ricardo, for instance. See, si, for instance, Ricardo. Why should anyone want to kill him, Lorca? Quien sabe, I shrug. Shrug to denote I do not know. I do not know. Why, indeed? Uh, another question, senor police? No, no, that's all for now. Uh, gracias, senor. Gracias. Adios, mi amigo. fellow, and well met. Top of the morning, Danny. We said good morning to each other a couple of hours ago, Gino. Off the dime. What have you got? What I've got is what you're going to get. To wit, a report on the college youth, Donald Jordan, even as you requested. Okay, okay. Detective Gomez told me that this Jordan youth is a student at McKay College. That the dean of men whom he questioned told the good detective that this Jordan youth is indeed bright, a gold star student. 
and found out that this Jordan youth was indeed free to watch ducks yesterday afternoon because he had only morning classes. I see. Well, what have we got on Reina Martinez? Reina Martinez, to wit. According to our files, it seems this Reina Martinez has been a caller at our pokey on various occasions. Once on the occasion of clawing the eyes of a fellow female. Once for waving a knife under the nose of a brush salesman. And another time for carving her initials with a like knife into the epidermis of a friendly barfly. Knife, huh? Yeah, from what you told me of her, Danny, from this Reina Martinez, nobody would mind. What's a knife prick from a girl like you that? You gave me a thought, you know. I'll go ask her. girl look like, Danny. You'll see. Come on. This house. One side, friend. Take it easy, Buster. What's the hurry? I said one side. He's a big one, Danny. Okay, friend, you ask. Yeah. Come on. Come on, settle down. It's a lot better, young fella. I ask you something. What's the hurry? You guys crazy. Take your hands. Why were you running? In a hurry, I run. Police. Huh? Police officers. Look, I didn't have anything to do with it. To do with what? Look, bring him along, Gomez. Come on, kid. Did you come out of this room? All right, we'll see. Inside. You heard him in. Danny. Yeah, I see. I didn't do it. I swear, I swear I didn't do it. I didn't kill her. I didn't kill Ray. You are listening to Broadway is My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Say, that was some night the gang gave Jack Benny last week when the spendthrift squire surprised them all by inviting them not to a nightclub on him. And the surprise finish, the gang will be waiting for Jack for sure tomorrow night. Yes, Jack Benny, Mary Livingston, Dennis, Phil, Rochester, Don, and tomorrow night, Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman. Listen for them all on CBS Radio. There's fun every minute. The winds of October begin their departure from Broadway. And departing, leave in their wake the gutters choked with regret, the corridors echoing lament. And Broadway picks through the leaving, searches for lost treasures, for images misplaced, left behind in that movie palace, forgotten in the sudden realization that this was your subway stop. There was the girl with the soft fur held close to her throat, covering her face right up to her eyes. The way she looked at you, that was one you'll remember, kid, right through the fall season. There was that late time on Broadway when the bar was closing. The guys with convention buttons on their lapels bought you a drink, said, whenever you're out my way, look me up. That was October, the image and the farewell. So why look for anything else, kid? That's all there is. Except a girl dead in a room you've been in before. Except a sobbing protest. I didn't kill her. Except the scream of a radio. Shut that thing off, Gomez. Yeah. Nothing I can do about that, Danny. It's down the street somewhere. Look, 
I told you I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, you told us. What's your name, kid? Garfield. Bobby Garfield. Rain and me, we were just... What do you do, Bobby? I play football. Let me tell you, huh? Rain and me, we just... You're a just... football player, huh, Bobby? I like football. I play for McKay College. I'm a sophomore. They brought McKay me College, huh? You know a boy named Donald Jordan, Bobby? Yeah, I know him. Same fraternity. Look, what is it with you guys? You gonna let me tell you how it was? Sure, Bobby. Go ahead. Tell us how it was. Rain and me, just kind of good friends, you know what I mean? Uh-uh. Tell us. You guys twisted it into me for I didn't kill her. You act What'd like... What'd you do with a gun, Bobby? Throw it away. Let me tell you, huh? Rain and me. I met her right after I came to New York to play football. She saw me play once. Came up to me after the game. Said I played so good, why not celebrate? You're telling us how you didn't kill her. That's why you tried to run away, huh? Because you didn't... We were dancing, see? Kind of dancing to that music you turned off. You can still hear it. We were dancing to that. All of a sudden, there was a shot. I guess from where that window's open to the alley. All of a sudden, Rain had just dropped out of my arms, and there was blood on my shirt from where she... Uh, see it? Look, I gotta call somebody. I gotta call somebody on the telephone. Sorry. Sure you do. We got a phone at headquarters. You can make your call from there. Put the cuffs away, Gomez. We won't need them. You've got a gentleman caller, Danny. Huh? Who? A gentleman who comes in answer to Bobby Garcia's phone call. Oh, show him in, Gino. Uh, this way to see Danny Clover. Oh, that'll be all, Gino. How do you do, sir? Very well, thank you. Uh, sit down. Uh, My name's Clover. Douglas, sir. John Douglas. Bobby Garfield called you. Bobby's in a lot of trouble. The trouble, Mr. Clover, is a thing youth is prone to generate for itself. You and I understand that. The trouble is murder. Now, sure. May I ask, Mr. Douglas, why Bobby called you? Of course you may. Didn't you know? I'm a football coach. No, I didn't know. Bobby comes under my tutelage as an end, an excellent one. McKay College's pride. Offensive end, of course. Of course. What else about Bobby? What else about him? I found him in New Mexico. Prevailed upon the McKay regents to make his way to New York easy. They certainly agreed with me. He's very fast, is Bobby. <laughs> Got a speed racing the super chief across the New Mexico deserts, I tell sports reporters, for color. He was found running out of a room where a girl was shot to death. This, sir, is confounding. I told my squad, I keep telling them, no dates until after the season. So, surely there must be a mistake. Bobby, listens to me. There's no mistake, Mr. Douglas. Who was the girl? One of those flirts from Greenberry School across the river, I'll wager. Reina Martinez, a barrio girl. Of course, if there's uh, anything... Well, what am I expected to do? Answer another question. Do you know a McKay student named Donald Jordan? No, he's not football. I wouldn't know him. Uh, I still don't know what I'm uh, expected to do about this, uh, this altercation that Bobby has gotten himself into. Just talk to him, Mr. Douglas. He's under suspicion of murder. He asked for you. Of course. You'll pardon me, sir. Thank you. Watch the leader of men go talk to one of his boys, not knowing what to say, not knowing how to pep-talk a boy out of a grief the coach had never played against before. And imagine it. The pat on the shoulder, the voice modulated to the acoustics of a cell. Then the curiosity taking over finally, gentle, insinuating. Tell me about it, son. Tell me about the girl. 
Tell me what there was about her that made you... Then wipe the smirk off your mouth because you've asked these questions too. We'll go on asking them. And because you're a policeman, ask them with the official stamp of approval. Of anyone, of an employer of the girl now dead. Of Senor Lorca, for instance. I told you, Senor. I told you of the exquisiteness of Reina. That she is dead does not change my philosophy about her. Where there is such as Reina, there is such as death. You kill her, Lorca? Listen to me, senor. Listen very closely. How could I lift my hand to Reina except to... How? This way, with a gun in it. Then shoot her through a window while she was dancing with Bobby Garfio. That's how. Explain me. Explain me something. Why should I do this when I don't even know this, this Garfio? Bobby Garfio. He knew Reina loved her like Ricardo Miguel did. Someone found an alley where Ricardo was, stabbed him to death. Then saw Reina in the arms of Bobby Garfield. Shot Reina, killed her. Watched Garfield being taken to prison. It all worked out real good for a man like you, a man who says he loved Reina, a man who Reina didn't love. I tell you something, senor. All this that you said, I could wish, wish it deep inside here. But I could not do it. I'm only a seller of pastries. I have not the, the, what it needs. Then you to... didn't know about Garfield. About dead Ricardo, my pastry boy, I knew. About the college boy who took Reina from me to show her dogs, quack, quack. Only these rivals I knew till now. I regret you told me about this Garfio. One more thing, uh... Uh, me. I may speak to the phone. Go ahead. Lorca's Pasteleria. Huh? Ah, a detective. See, there is a detective here. This is what you want of Lorca... Momento. For you, senor. Thanks. Danny Clover speaking. Danny, I disturbed you only because Dean Crawford of McKay College phoned in and wants you to come to his office right away. Did he tell you why? He said he's got a shocker for you, but an immediate shocker. Those were his very... Thanks, Gino. Maybe I'll have to get back to you, Larka. So don't go away. I say something funny, Dean Crawford? No, not you, Mr. Clover. I said something funny. I made the remark to myself. Oh? This week, Mr. Clover, just this week, I sent in my resignation to the Board of Regents. A thing unheard of. No dean ever quits at McKay. We get fired. I quit, effective the new year. And that's funny? Scandalous. To use a McKay term that's hardly ever used. And then, think about it, Mr. Clover... One of the students is involved in a murder. All in the same week, this is a black week for McKay. I wonder about something. About what? Statistics. How many McKay boys have gone out into the world and committed murder? As still Dean of McKay, I'll match my boys against anybody. Look, Dean Crawford, you called me. Said it was urgent. Suppose you tell me something urgent. I got a letter a while ago from a daddy... A daddy who is sending his son through McKay. He's a worried man. What are you talking about? The daddy of Donald Jordan. Worried about the bills his son has run up. No wonder. Menagerie, jewelry, baubles. For a sex we only mention in psychology, too. Female. The letter came after your Detective Gomez had left. How close was Donald Jordan to Bobby Garfield? I'll tell you how close. 
We have an arrangement here, a sign of football player to a scholar. Arrangement, Garfio was coached in his studies by Donald Jordan. This is known as intellectual freedom. Donald writes Bobby's themes, does his assignments, which leaves Bobby free to think about nothing. Admirable. What else can you tell me about them? Which one of those rascals do you think killed that girl? I asked you a question. I've told you everything I can, Mr. Clover. Well, McKay Semper Fidelio, as we always say. Don't you always say? No? I don't blame you. Bye, Mr. Clover. Bobby? Come on, Bobby, on your feet. What? What do you want? Let's go, Bobby. We're going for a visit. A visit? Yeah, we're going back to school. There's rooms on this floor, Mr. Clover, right across the hall from mine. He never goes to the bonfire rallies. He's probably in. This one. The most studious room in the fraternity house. Who is it? You, Bobby. It's me. Bobby Garfield. Bobby, I thought... Oh. Let's go inside, Donald. Sure. Gee, I'm glad to see you're out, Bobby. Yeah, I knew you would be. That's why I came right to you, so you could be glad. That's right, Donald. Bobby told me a lot about you on the way over here. I don't understand what you're doing here. We'll get around to it. I got bad news for you, kid. Bad news? You remember something? The day we were inducted into this fraternity? What are you talking about? The day we put four fingers up in the air and gave the secret hand clasp and said the words. The second finger meant loyalty. You haven't been true blue. What did they do to you in jail, Bobby? You talk crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Frat boy. Crazy. Cut it out. Yeah. I'll cut it out. Pardon, I didn't have a paddle, fraternity brother. Is this how you police act? Bring a crazy man into my room and have him beat me up? I'm sorry, Donald. I told him a few things on our way here. I didn't know it would upset him this way. Look, I don't know what this is all about. Why don't we all go down to the bonfire? Sure. Sure, let's do that. It'll make a big impression, Bobby. You being out of jail, gonna play tomorrow. Come on, guys. We're going, all right, but not to a football rally. You're under arrest, Donald. What? Two crazy men. The policeman and me. What do you mean, I'm under arrest? For what? Well, what reason? Murder. Ricardo Miguel, Reina Martinez. You're kidding. Especially Reina Martinez. Now, there was a dame. Take my word for it, fraternity brother, there really was a dame. You talked about me, didn't you? You and Raina. We had a few chuckles. Whenever your name came up. You ready to go, Donald? What did you say about me? You know what we said. What'd you say to yourself? Leave him alone, Bobby. I didn't kill anybody, Mr. Clover. You killed one of Raina's boyfriends, Ricardo Miguel, to prove something to her. That she couldn't have anyone but you. That you wouldn't let her have anyone but you. You don't know what you're talking about. Believe me, he knows. Four fingers in the air. Ricardo Miguel was killed. You had an alibi for that. You were with Raina. That's right. She told you I was with her. She lied for you. She alibied for you. Because for an instant, she admired you. She did. She did. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Nothing. N- nothing at all. What are you laughing at? I laugh because I remember something. 
couple of Saturdays ago, right after a football game, when Raina waited until I came out of the stadium. Came up and told me who she was. We celebrated the occasion. <laughs> you took her to that game, didn't you, Donald? I'm only sorry I didn't kill you two. You almost did at that. Who were you aiming at, Donald? Raina or me? While you were peeking at us from the alley. While you were... <laughs> who were you aiming at? Raina! I wanted to kill her and I did. What she did to me. The things she made me do for her. The things I got for her. And she laughed! Neon spins and Broadway blares out an eight-beat rhythm, the tempo of hunger in dance time. Grab yourself a dream and get with it. Close your eyes and pretend you're holding something special. Keep them closed. Dreams last longer that way. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway, my beat. Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and Jack Crucian as Mugovan. The program was produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Dick Crenna was heard as Bobby Garfio and Sam Edwards as Donald Jordan. Featured in the cast were Harry Bartell, Marvin Miller, Lillian Bayef, Herb Butterfield, and Edgar Barrier. Looking for a lively date for tomorrow night? She's on the younger side, but her appeal is to all. Interested? Then meet Cordis Archer, CBS Radio's atomic teenager with her fun-making gang on most of these same stations tomorrow night. Bill Anders speaking, and remember, the Frankie Lane Show is your date with slick syncopation every Sunday afternoon on the CBS Radio Network. closed this week. You can find more from Nightbeat, Broadway Is My Beat, past episodes of Case Closed, and everything else Relic Radio at the website relicradio.com. Don't forget to donate if you're able to help out. And my thanks, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. Be back next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed. (laughs) 